Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to the passage that we read, 2 Kings chapter 4, and reading for our text, verse 27. Verse 27. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 27. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. And it is particularly the last part of this verse with Elisha saying, the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. I want to think of the things wisely hidden for a time. We might think with Elisha, a prophet of the Lord, that nothing would be hid from him, that he was a servant of the Lord, and everything that the Lord was doing and would do, he showed to Elisha. There's another occasion when the king uh, of Syria, Damascus, was seeking to take Elisha and sent his army around about the hill where Elisha was. And Elisha had his servant with him in the morning when they woke up and there was all of the army round about them, his servant said, Alas, Master, what shall we do? And Elisha said uh, that to fear not, there are more with us than with them. And then he prayed, Lord, open the young man's eyes. And the Lord opened his eyes and saw round about chariots of horses and chariots of fire. They were hidden from the servant, but Elisha saw them. But we know from this passage here, it's only the Lord that reveals and shows that which is hidden. And he is sovereign in that, and he saw fit in this time to hide it from Elisha. In fact, there are four characters in this account and in this what happened to this son, this son that had been given, not asked for by the woman, but given by God through Elisha. A trial, you might say, brought about by a gift, a blessing at first, something to be given, then taken away, but unknown to the woman to be given back again. And so you have the characters here, the woman first, she knows that her child, her child that had been given her by promise, an only child, the child of her old age, that that child was dead. So much bound up with that child. She knew that. The Lord had shown it to her by those things that had actually happened. She walked through them. But what was hidden from her was what God would do and that that child would be raised again. 
I believe there was faith working in her heart and that is why we have her saying when asked is it well, first it shall be well and then it is well. But as to the, actually the happening of it, that is hidden and she must walk this out. And you can tell how much it was walking it out by being so, so vexed and so troubled in this trial. We might think if we have faith, then we won't be vexed and we won't be troubled and we won't be perplexed. But we see this woman, the mixture of the two things that are together at the same time. Then we have her husband. Well, her husband had sent the child back with a servant because he had heat stroke. He was crying out, my head, my head. But the husband did not know that the child had died. And his wife felt it not right to tell him. She didn't. She said it shall be well when asked. She didn't say to him that the child had died. And he didn't probe further and ask further. And we see, though he was inquiring why she was going to the man of God, why it was, then there's no special occasion and... It was enough for him, for her to say that it shall be well. But in this one account, the different degrees of what actually is known and what is hidden and how they reacted to that. And then we have Gehazi, the servant that had actually been used to relay to Elisha her need of a child. And he's seen many things that happened and when he comes to her, she is able to say it is well. She got the man of God in sight. But when she comes and holds his feet, when she is really vexed and troubled, Gehazi's action is just to thrust her away, just to treat her as if this didn't concern him. It wasn't something that... He was going to help at all. You think of the disciples when the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, came to the Lord, Lord, help me. And the disciples again, they said, send her away. She troubleth us. We can't help her. We can't uh, meet her case at all. But the Lord, though he tried her faith, yet again, he blessed her and he helped her. So we have Gehazi, then we have Elisha, and he saw her far off, he recognised her, and when she came he knew that she was vexed. He didn't know why, but he knew that there was something that the Lord had hidden from him, from the very thing that the woman had come to him, and that she was so bitter, so vexed, he was able to say, her soul is vexed within her. The Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. And he said to Gehazi, let her alone. And we see the different reactions to that which is, is hidden. And you might say, if, if the hole had been opened up before, how different would all of these reactions be? If it could have been foretold right at the beginning that the child would die but he would be raised again 
from the dead, how it would take away all that anxiousness and all that, uh, what, it, what had happened. But God saw fit at this time that for his purposes, his servant Elisha, he would not know. And he would have to walk through it and so would the Shunammite woman. And yet the Lord worked a wonderful miracle and raised that child again to life. Later on we read in the account when there was to be a famine in the land and the Lord revealed to Elisha that there was going to be a famine in the land and he said to the woman, go and sojourn with our maize, the Lord has called for a famine. And he directed her where to go and she went and dwelt in another land. And then when she came back after seven years or so and she comes before the king and she's crying unto the king for her lands to be given back to her and just as she comes to the king then there is the king talking to Gehazi and asking Gehazi of all the wonderful works that Elisha had done and Gehazi is in the middle of telling the king about how he raised a dead body to life, when in comes the woman, who appears now was a widow, with her son, and Gehazi said, this is the woman, and this is the son. And so the king, he inquired of the matter, and he gave her all her lands back. And so that miracle that was done before, it was tied in, and the timing of it, and you might say here, it was told Elisha what was going to happen. He warned her. She took the warning. She comes back and the Lord orders the timing so, so perfectly, so perfectly. She's not told what shall happen. She's not told about the man of God or his servant telling things. It's walked out, but the blessing is in it. And what is upon my spirit are those things that God does hide from his people and why he does that and how he does reveal things to them, why there are some things revealed and some things that are hidden. And so I want to look at, uh, at three points. Firstly, how uh, many times the Lord does hide things from his people. Just looking at a few cases in scripture and then secondly why he hides things from his people and then thirdly how God makes known what he is doing but firstly there's many times that the Lord does hide what he is doing and we we could ask well why doesn't the Lord reveal to his people or lead them not to be deceived. And we, we think of Abraham. Abraham was told to go out of Ur of the Chaldees into a place that the Lord would tell him was of, and he must venture. We are told in Hebrews, he went out not knowing whither he went. We always like to, before we go out, before we uh, leave a place where we have been, we like to know where we are going. 
But the Lord says, no, you go out first. And then I'll tell you. And that pattern happened with Abraham again when there was the trial on Mount Moriah that he was to go to a mountain that I will tell thee of. And that was told as he went on his way. Eventually, maybe perhaps a word, in season for one here, where you're brought to venture, and yet you don't know what is before. You are not told all what shall follow on at all. And there's a big thing in that. I remember when <coughs> changing jobs, and yet had it so clear that it was the Lord's hand and providing another job. But the actual action to hand in my notice to one position and then start another position was a big thing to do. To actually let go what you knew, familiar with, and to start off in another position. And so it is a great act of faith to be moving to doing something when you only have the limited knowledge and yet venture on that. And Abraham set before us as a man of faith. That is how the Lord began with him. And he began to walk in the Lord's ways. The Lord speaks of his people being led like him as a shepherd leading the sheep. The sheep don't need to understand the way. They only need to follow the shepherd and he will show them the way. And so it is a lesson in, in trusting in the Lord. But then we go to Abraham's uh, son Isaac and the time that he was to bless his sons. And we might puzzle, why does the Lord allow him to be deceived? Jacob comes and makes out he is Esau and to obtain the blessing. And it succeeds. You think, why, why didn't the Lord reveal that? You think of the case when Jeroboam's son was sick and he sent his wife to the prophet who had told him that he should be king over Israel to ask what shall happen to that son. But the prophet, he was blind, he couldn't see. So the Lord said to the prophet, Jeroboam's wife will be coming to ask about a son that is sick. She shall make out that she is another woman. And so as soon as he heard her footsteps coming, he said, come in there, wife of Jeroboam. And he told her that the child would most certainly die as soon as she came back into the city. And so the Lord can and does reveal things beforehand so that that prophet was not deceived by Jeroboam's wife. He knew who she was. No amount of disguise, no amount of lies would have changed it. But that wasn't the case with Isaac. Jacob was able to deceive him. And therefore he got the blessing. And the blessing wasn't to be taken away. We know, of course, God had said that the elders shall serve the younger. That would have happened. Jacob did not need to put his hand to it. But God used it. And, and Jacob deceived his father. But may we never take license from that because then we find that Laban, Jacob's uncle, he deceived him ten times and then later on Jacob's 
sons deceived him concerning Joseph. The way of transgressors is hard. But it's a mystery, isn't it? Maybe that we might say before the Lord, Lord, why hast thou allowed me to be deceived? Why have my eyes been closed? Why were they not open? Why was I not wise to this that is happening? I've just gone blindly in and, and, and these things have happened. And you see then with Jacob, the first thing of which he was deceived was when he wanted to marry uh, Rachel and when he came to marry her, then it was given Leah instead of Rachel. And in the morning he finds out that Laban has deceived him. Why did God allow that to happen? But we see Leah, the Lord blessed that marriage to Jacob. Jacob was married to uh, Rachel as well. But there we get the 12 tribes of Israel coming. And what came out of that? Uh, if these things had been made known, then we would not have had the two wives for Jacob. And of course today, it is not, it's not the Lord's will that men should have more than one wife. Our Lord makes that very, very clear. But in those days, it was permitted. But we have these cases where the Lord is silent. And then we have it with Jacob again, with Joseph. Joseph's brothers made out they'd killed him and they were able to bring the coat of many colours and it was covered in blood and they implied that some animal had torn him and he was killed. And that's the impression that Jacob had. And for 20 years or so, Jacob thought his son was dead. No prayers for him, no expectation of finding him alive at all. But he was dead. Why did God hide that from him? Why did he not leave him? Why did he not tell him that your son is in, in Egypt? But these things are left on record to show even God's people, patriarchs and those who have gone before, have had these things hidden from them. Then we come into the New Testament and we get a similar account to this when we have Lazarus die. And there are three in one household that the Lord loved in Bethany, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And Lazarus was sick. So the sisters, they sent to the Lord and said to him, he whom thou lovest is sick. They didn't dictate to him anything. They felt love would do what was required. But when the Lord heard, he stayed three days in the place that he was off, uh, uh, waited until he died. Uh, and Lazarus did die. But our Lord said to those that were with him that he was pleased that he was not there. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but he spake of his death. But then again, the Lord worked that miracle to raise him from the dead. Of course, he would have died again another time, but on that occasion he raised him from the dead, though he had lain four days in the grave. But the Lord's forewarned through that sorrow 
they had their faith really sorely tried. How could the Lord whom they loved and who loved them deal like this and not come when they called and not answer their cries? He whom thou lovest is sick and this is how he's acted. May you, you feel like this too in your life and those things that are precious to you or loved ones. Uh, how could the Lord deal like this? How could he work? How could he allow these things? Uh, and yet the Lord is, is, is silent. There is a purpose for it. And yet we see in Scripture how the Lord does not tell. He says to his dear disciples that what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know them here after the time of the Lord's taking when he was to die, lay down his life and take it again. You might say he told them, he revealed it to them. He did. He said many things. But it's not after until after he'd raised from the dead that they remembered that he had said these things. They did not understand what he was saying. And so what we have before us this evening is also a situation of where something is told us, but it's almost as if it isn't, because we haven't understood it. The message has not got through. When we have loved ones or dear age friends, and we may tell them very, very plainly what is going to happen, all is going to happen, but they don't understand and they don't take it in. And they don't make changes to what they're doing in any relation to what has been told them. And the disciples were like that. Those things that were even told them were in effect told to be revealed later and in effect it was hidden from them so that they had to walk through it and go through it. May we remember this fact in as we go through life's journey some things are revealed and some things are not. We can easily try and make parallels and we can say, well, because this was revealed, then that also must be. We could think with Elijah on Mount Carmel. We could say the Lord answered his prayer when he prayed once and fire came from heaven. Therefore, every time Elijah prayed, he only needs to pray once and the answer would immediately be given. But when he's praying for rain, then he's go again seven times. He must go seven times. It's easy for us to think that the Lord will act in the same way every time. And if he's revealed things at one time, then reveal them another. And sometimes it comes as shock when things are unexpected. We don't uh, anticipate them happening. And we wonder why we haven't been prepared for it, when in other things we have been prepared. And I've had things in, in business in various ways that that has happened. And yet as I walked through it and then looked back and I could see the reason why the Lord has brought these things about. Well, why is it then? I want to look at this in the second point. Why he hides things from his people. 
The first thing I'll mention is where the Lord says to his disciples in John 16, and he says to them, I have many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. We think of children naturally. There are many things that they are to be taught when they go to school. And in the first years at school, we, we teach them the first things of reading and writing. But there are many, many things they're going to learn later on at school. But you don't tell them all that at once. They, they cannot bear them then. They've got to wait until they're able to bear them. And the promise is that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of thy children. The Lord shall teach his people and instruct them in the way that they should go. But he applies the same, the same principle that he teaches them as they were able to bear it and reveals things to his people as they can stand it. And so when we have things that are hidden from us, we are to think this, the Lord has wisely done it, because for us to know, we, we couldn't cope with it, we couldn't rightly use that information, and therefore the Lord has kindly hidden it from us. Now, there are many things that we do not know is hidden from us. If something is a complete secret, we don't even know it's there. We don't even know it exists. But sometimes it is the case, like in our text, where the woman is so vexed, Elisha knows there is a secret. There is something that is hidden. And he knows it is hidden. Now, how many times it may be so... In the things of God, and those that at first are dead in trespasses and sins, and we all are, and yet through the preaching of the word, the Lord may begin to begin to bless the word, to show you there is something hidden. There is something that you do not know, something that others know, but you don't know. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and to them will he reveal his covenant. And it is that that brings a people to be seeking and asking and inquiring. Those that know there is a treasure, there is a blessing, there is that which the Lord has for his people and they want to know that secret, know that blessing and it brings them to ask and seek the Lord for it. Another reason the Lord says in Matthew chapter 11, a reason why the Son of God is, is hidden. You might wonder sometimes when our Lord was on earth, especially those whom he cured and those who he blessed, and they truly wanted to, to praise and bless him and make him known, but he didn't want them to do it. He didn't want them. But we have in, in Matthew 11, uh, 27, where the Lord says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son 
will reveal him. In verse 25 of that same passage, we read, The Lord rejoicing in spirit, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. And so here in this revealing and not revealing is showing who the people of God are. No man by searching can find out God, but by the revelation of the Lord, the Lord revealing to his people his beloved Son. Now the Lord said, No man can come unto me except the Father which sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. So the Lord is using that which is hidden and revealed as to say this, those who are not my people will never ever hear below, they will never ever know me, they will never ever have Christ revealed to them. Not in all his saving glory and power, they will be ignorant of that. But for my people, they shall not know me. My sheep, they hear my voice, they follow me. I know my sheep and am known of mine. And that knowledge is bound up with the people of God. Now it was said of Abraham when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Because Abraham should be the heir of all things. Through him should come the promised Christ. And so the Lord revealed to Abraham what he would do. And Abraham made intercession for Lot. But it was the Lord that chose to reveal and show to Abraham what was being done. And we think of the Lord also doing so with his dear disciples as well when he had risen from the dead. Another reason why the Lord hides things, and this is set before us in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29. It's the last verse of that chapter. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. Now mark this last part of that verse, that we may do all the words of this law. The reason for that which is hidden and that which is revealed is so that there is obedience. Obedience not to things that are hidden and we don't know, but to that which is revealed. We are so prone to want to delve into the unknown, to pry into God's counsel. Am I elected? Am I chosen? Am I one of God's people? Uh, what shall this man do? That is what you remember with uh, Peter. The Lord had said to him, When thou art old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, another uh, shall gird thee, carry thee whither thou wouldest not, thereby signifying what death he should glorify God. And after the Lord had told Peter that, he turns and sees John following. He said, what shall this man do? 
He wants to pry into that, to find out about another person. And the Lord said, what is, if, if he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. And then they went around to saying that that man wouldn't die. But the Lord never said that he would not die at all. They mistook the reason for it at all. But the Lord had said to him, really to Peter, don't delve into that. Don't pry into that. That's a secret thing. I've chosen to reveal to you what is the past before you. But don't think then, well, what about these others around me? If the Lord is leading you and I and teaching you and I, don't be distracted by others round about you and, and think, well, what are they doing? Remember the Lord's words, follow thou me, follow thou me. And so there's the secret things, the secret things of election, God's purposes, God's plans, his counsel, those things that remain secret. The Lord is kindly saying, don't trouble yourselves with them. Don't delve into them. There's many things in the word of God. You think, I'd like to know about that. Only just perhaps a brief knowledge or uh, information is given. You say, I'd like to know a bit more than that. You see many children's books and the writers of them, they'll pad out the scriptures. And if you read those books, you you'll find many things that are not in the scriptures, but sadly they only come a lot of them just from their own mind. But the Lord has effectively said to his people, I have given you my word. Many things are in it that are not, uh, many things could be in it that are not revealed. And John tells us this. He says at the end of John chapter 10, 20, uh, that there are many things that Jesus did which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that in believing ye might have life through his name. And so in effect there, John is saying, those things that are revealed, that are written, they're what you need to know. They are those things of which you need to obey and follow and not those things that, that are hidden. So one of the things, one of the reasons why the Lord hides things is because there's not obedience in it. There'll be a hindrance to your obedience. And it emphasises also those things that are revealed and are shown. The Lord has showed thee what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee than to do justly and to walk humbly before thy God. Now when we think of that then, we think of the gospel, the revelation of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ as the only name given among men that we must be saved, that we are clearly pointed away from our own works, our own righteousnesses, which are as filthy rags, and we are directed to the finished work of the Lord, his perfect life and his perfect obedience to his Father, even unto death, the death of the cross. We're pointed to what God hath done to exalt him and give him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And it is that message, that which is set forth 
in the word of God that is set for the obedience of faith to the nations. I, if I be lifted up above the earth, will draw all men unto me. It is then that the Lord hath revealed the gospel. It is no longer hid, is no longer hid in types and shadows, is no longer in uh, strange forms, but clearly set forth. The apostle said, I'd rather uh, speak five words with the understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. We are sinners, every one of us are sinners. Death is before us, the sentence of death is eternal death, the soul that sinneth it shall die. And we must die literally, and after death a judgment, and after judgment, if we die resting on our own works, our own way, then is to perish eternally. But in the Lord Jesus Christ, in faith and trust in him, is eternal life. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of mine hand. Because the Lord Jesus Christ has died in the place of his people. He has laid down his life as a substitute instead of his people. He has paid their debt. He has ransomed them. And he has risen from the dead. And God hath revealed that to man, given assurance unto all men, because he's raised him from the dead. The raising of this widow's son never saved any, but the raising of the Son of God by his own power and by God's power, the raising of the spotless, sinless, pure Son of God, he has saved all for whom he died and for whom he bore their sins in his body on the tree, and it is faith in what he has done that is saving. And that is what is revealed in the gospel. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And when you hear then the gospel preached, then you have some believe the word spoken and some believed not. Some it was revealed to, some not. And so why he hides things from his people, why he hides it, is that there is be the contrast of what is hidden and what is revealed. You think of from Adam's day to Christ, some 4,000 years Our Lord is hidden in types and shadows. There were those that saw him by faith, believed and rested in him. The contrast now in these gospel days, when our Lord is pointed out by John Baptist, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The contrast that is pointed to him, no other name given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is a great contrast of what was once a mystery, once hidden in types of shadows, and now is openly proclaimed and published throughout all the earth, is not anymore a a, a secret in that sense. It is publicly 
put forth. But what we said before about something clearly told us but not understanding it is almost the same thing as something being hid. And that's why our Lord rejoiced in spirit that his father had hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. The word of God is plain. The word of God clearly sets forth these things. But what you and I need is for them to be opened up, revealed and blessed to us so that we do believe and do rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Saviour. So I want to look thirdly how God makes known what he is doing. With the dear disciples, the first thing when the Lord rose from the dead was to open their understanding. He did it on the way to Emmaus. In all the scriptures, the things concerning himself, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory. The scriptures were all there. They knew them there. The same also it was later with the eunuch who had Isaiah reading it but did not understand it and didn't know it. But it was the Lord that opened the disciples' understanding on the way to Emmaus, then showed himself to them. Later on in the upper room, he opened their understanding that they should understand the scriptures. And then the use and means of preaching with Philip sent to the eunuch. He began at the same scripture in Isaiah 53 and preached unto him Jesus. The eunuch began with saying, Who speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? As he was led, speaking of being led as a lamb to the slaughter, as sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. And, Peter, and Philip, he set before him the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, suffering in the place of his people, led to Calvary, crucified, slain, and risen again. And so the Lord uses preaching. We come before and you may come to the house of God. You say the word of God is a mystery. It's hidden. I cannot understand it. I'm like the eunuch. Maybe pray and you pray and ask the Lord. The same as what the eunuch said to Philip, how can I accept some man guide me? And he asked him to guide him. The Lord blessed that ministry. And we said before, the preaching of the gospel is one of the means the Lord reveals that secret. But again, that is sovereign. Some believe the word spoken. Some believe not. You get King Agrippa and there is Paul speaking to him. He says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. But Paul, he says, I would that thou and all that hear me were not almost, but altogether a Christian, altogether, except this chain, like me. Many of the Lord's dear people, and it's a good thing that they would want others to have the blessings that they have, but not their infirmities and sicknesses and weaknesses or their besetting sins. They wouldn't wish that on others. But it's a good thing to really be persuaded the Lord has revealed his truth, his love, his mercy, his grace to us and we would that others might have it too and be blessed with it too. 
Well, it is God that reveals and opens up that. And when those things are opened up, there's a sweet and blessed token to us. Here are things that, yes, they have been opened and proclaimed, but here was a case where they were hidden from us and the Lord's opened it, opened our understanding and shown us things in the word of God. We have another way, and that is in providence. Him says, providence unfolds the book and makes his counsel shine. You think of Joseph and all the things that happened in his life. He had to walk through them, going thrown in the pit by his brothers and then sold and then deceived and falsely accused, cast into prison, brought next to Pharaoh. And the Lord unfolded his counsel, his purpose. He'd given him some intimation that there was things hidden in the dreams that he'd given him, but how it was to come, come to pass, how it was to be unfolded, he did not know. Many times we might be told what shall happen, like Abraham was told, thy seed shall be a stranger in a strange land. They shall afflict them 400 years, and in the fourth generation they come hence again. But he didn't tell Abraham all the details of it, not how they would go into Egypt or how they would come out. None of that was told to Abraham at all. They had to walk through it. And the providence of God unfolded that. And there will be those things in our lives as well. No word from the Lord. Don't go through life thinking that the Lord will always give a word from himself. He'll always give a word of direction. He'll always reveal to you first what is going to happen without adventuring, without going before providence or with going along with providence or along with the <coughs> word of God. Generally, there's three things that go together showing the will of the Lord for his people. It is agreeable to the word of God. It's agreeable to providence and not strained. And they are made willing. If we use a simple illustration of a, a, a job, we might say, I, I, I certainly I want that position. But if that position is never opened in providence, however much you might feel from the Lord you're going to have it, you never will have it. And so with providence, those things will go together. When the Lord blesses the soul, that soul is blessed. That soul is blessed according to the word of God. And the church of God will see it and recognise it as well. And those things will go together to bind the people of God together and to make a way of joining together in church fellowship and union. It's a blessed thing when the Lord then makes known his people, makes known his servants, makes known his will, and we walk through that path, and the Lord guiding us through it. Oh, may the Lord bless us with the knowledge of his beloved Son, and trust him in life's journey, and trust him for eternity. And those things that the Lord has revealed to us, open to us in the word of God, may we hold them as precious to us. They are part of what is the cup of salvation for us. The Lord has shown me this. The Lord has 
interpreted this passion, passage of the word of God, he's made that precious by how he has put it in my heart and blessed it to me. So may the Lord grant us that and that we might know by these things that we are the people of God. Amen.